Welcome to Designing the Future. I'm Michael Elba, Senior Editor here at Engineering.com. And joining us today on the program is Danya El Hassan, Product Management Lead for AutoCAD Desktop Products. Danya has a degree in Civil Engineering from Tufts University and an MBA from the MIT Sloan School of Management. She worked with a number of design software companies before joining Autodesk in 2015. Danya, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Michael. Great to be here. Now, uh, I'm curious, in your academic or professional career before joining Autodesk, were you an AutoCAD user yourself? Absolutely. So I actually learned Revit first on the construction site, um, but I used uh, AutoCAD when I was an intern in college as, a, as an architectural intern, and I learned on AutoCAD 2002. So not as uh, experienced as some of our users out there, but certainly have a lot of experience uh, as an AutoCAD user as well. On the subject of AutoCAD, I know AutoCAD 2022 was just released, and one of the phrases I keep seeing attached to that release is connected design experience. So I think that's a good place to start our conversation. What is a connected design experience? So of course, we released uh, AutoCAD this year on March 23rd. And with that, we uh, introduced the tool sets. And for the first time, AutoCAD Mac has been released at the same time. So that includes AutoCAD, the tool sets, AutoCAD LT, and the web and mobile experiences as well. So to answer your question, a connected experience is, a, is an experience where AutoCAD follows you everywhere. And if you need it on the job site, at home, with a client, in a meeting, you have those AutoCAD web and mobile products with you wherever you go, as well as connecting to each other and the data that you use across your workflow. So with the industry tool sets, the ability to automate some of those workflows into the specialized workflows that you have in those industries, and the Autodesk products that we have enabled connections to as well. So some interesting uh, additions to our uh, features this year as well. Um, we are uh, doing some great things to automate the sharing workflows for our customers. So sharing a DWG to another customer uh, with uh, XREFs included and the trace feature uh, that allows you to add input on the web and mobile platforms and really curate your designs with that low fidelity input environment in, in the trace experience. So we're really excited about what we're bringing to market this year and bringing AutoCAD for Mac uh, to market at the same time. So this increased connectivity, is this in response to the COVID pandemic? Is that helping this along? And, and do you see this push for more connectivity continuing post pandemic? Yeah, great question. So we've begun our journey in creating a, creating a more connected uh, experience for AutoCAD users several years ago. So we've been investing in this for quite a while. And uh, we're glad to see that you know some of the investments we've made have become really useful to our customers this year, especially. So um, you know, of course, we don't want to see a pandemic to be able to accelerate some of that growth. But we really have seen uh, customers being able to rely on AutoCAD in the new environments they had to experience this year a lot more than than before. So what would have probably taken five years to be able to achieve in terms of um, connection to each other and uh, cloud uh, adoption and acceleration, we really saw in the first five uh, months of the pandemic. So um, absolutely, we see that continuing. I think, you know, I hope that the uh, pandemic it gets put behind us, but some of the great experiences that customers are able to take advantage of, um, we, we would like to see that uh, grow into the future, absolutely. Now, on the subject of, uh, of the web platform for AutoCAD, I know you have offered that free to customers during the pandemic, and as far as I know, it still is. Um, 
Yes. But but I know the web version, it's not quite at feature parity with the desktop version, and neither is the mobile version. And so I wonder, you know, do you see do you see it important to have feature parity across all these different platforms? Or you do you think the correct approach is this sort of Sun and planets model with uh, the Sun where you do all your main work and then Venus where you can check on the work sometimes if you need to? Yeah, we're astronomy fans here, so I'll get back to that. But um, uh, on the topic of the early access program, absolutely. So really quickly, just because of the way that we deploy our software to web and mobile, it was easy for us to offer that as a program to our customers, the early access program, which now became the uh, web app program where customers can take full free advantage of our commercial software on web. Um, so that's been really useful to our customers. And the value propositions are a little bit different on web and mobile, right? So we don't expect to have exact feature par parity with uh, AutoCAD desktop on those platforms, but rather offer things that are uniquely valuable on those platforms. So if you're on a mobile device and you really want to be able to take input from the field, you can do that with a stylus or your pen, um, uh, your fingers in the field and get that input, um, perhaps take advantage of some of the mobile specific capabilities of mobility. Um, on the web platform, being able to connect uh, to each other and to the cloud to take advantage of some of the capabilities of that uh, ultra-connected environment, that's going to be really important for our users on the web. But of course, because we started this investment in a cross-platform way several years ago, it's the same AutoCAD that's running on AutoCAD desktop, web, and mobile. So when we find that users have a need for uh, a particular feature to become um, available on a um, web or mobile platform, we can just turn it on. So this is the beauty of being able to do cross-platform development in the way that we have. It's the same innovative AutoCAD that we've been developing over the last 40 years that we can now take advantage of on the web and mobile platforms. From a development standpoint then, uh, it's not a duplication of effort to develop for these different platforms. You're saying there's one core thing you're developing and then you're just releasing it to whatever platform is appropriate. Yeah, that's right. So uh, we've set this up in a way where we uh, are able to take that same AutoCAD core engine, the code base, the familiar commands and experiences that you're um, really uh, able to take advantage of on desktop and translate them simply onto the web and mobile platforms with very basic um, you know, uh, user experience layers that we build on top of those platforms. So while we're talking about uh, development, I know that continuous innovation is a big theme at Autodesk. And this, this, is always, um, this is always inspired a question me. How do you focus development effort on the things that you anticipate your users will need versus the things that you know they need right now because they're telling you this is what we need? How do you balance those okay. development efforts? You know, over our history with our customers, we've developed this relationship where we feel like, you know, we absolutely want to serve the needs of our customers today, but we also really want to be able to help provide them a path to that future. And so what we're doing typically is, is a little bit of both. We are providing those options and tools that allow them to innovate and really meet the needs of, um, you know, the current and future uh, capabilities that they will need to be competitive as our customers but also provide them a path that they can get from where they are today uh, and an option to choose when they when they uh, move forward. So um, in every given release, we balance those needs um, and uh, really try to help our customers uh, to see that future that we see and are so excited about. So I know one of the big features of the new release is a, you know, a push towards automation. And I want to talk about that topic a little bit. So what do you see as the, the ripest areas for automation in design software in general? In general, automation should be everything in everything that we do, 
right? So we talk a lot about the themes of our investments, but automation plays a big role in taking out the manual and error-prone tasks of any type of workflow in AutoCAD. So we're really investing in automations across the board, um, but we really see a future where those basic automations of removing tasks are gonna evolve to something even more intelligent. How can we actually help our customers achieve better outcomes and get new value out of their products so that they can get to uh, a more competitive or better outcomes for themselves as, uh, as users and customers of ours? So what's the trajectory you see of that kind of automation? Is that, is that are we waiting on artificial intelligence improvements to get there? Oh, we're not waiting, Michael. Yeah, we are investing. We are investing on, uh, in machine learning and artificial intelligence to help us get there. Absolutely. So we believe that you know, being able to power uh, some of these intelligent features with machine learning will help assist our customers and actually lead them into the future um, of those new outcomes that they're trying to achieve. Uh, and one of the ways you're doing this, uh, as I understand it, is I believe you call it insights or personalized analytics, however you want to talk about it, the idea of sort of changing the user experience based on the individual user. Um, how do you think that type of technology will affect design software as, as we go forward? You're right. I think that these are sort of an evolution of the basic automations that we're talking about. Really, once we've been able to automate some of the manual and error-prone tasks, it's really about providing uh, insights back to our customers based on the um, you know, the data that we collect and that we know about our customers and to really give customers a way to become more proficient at their work so that we can actually help them um, offer them tips, for instance, op offer them personalized automations or really adapt their experience in AutoCAD to be personalized for that. So if we go to the limit of this, um, I'm picturing a, a fully custom user interface on a user by user basis that maybe changes as I change what I'm working on. Is that is that what you're working towards? Yeah, I could certainly see that in our future, right? Like I think that once we see some of these nascent uh, technologies and experiences develop into this place where we have um, uh, the capabilities to provide users uh, insights at scale, we will absolutely be able to do that um, on a very individual personalized basis. And also on the subject of automation, I mean, how much do you leave to the users in the form of custom APIs how much you take on yourselves as the software developers? Great question. So customizations have been an area of investment for us for you know since the beginning, and it's actually one of the reasons why our customers are so passionate about uh, the AutoCAD software uh, set. And really, it's because um, our customers are sometimes the people that know their uh, industries or their workflows best. And so it's important not just to do what we think is best for the broad. Um, you know, set of customers, but to offer tools for, for individual customers to make AutoCAD work in their own workflow. So we definitely think that there is this uh, nice interplay between the two that we can, um, you know, offer tools that enable our customers uh, to do the bulk of their work, but also really enable them to develop on top of our software. So um, that's been an area of investment for us for some time. And it's, it's something that I, I could see um, being an important part of our future as well. So on the topic of design automation, this is another question. I wonder how far can this go? Can we automate to the point where I'll open up AutoCAD and there'll be one button that says design. I click that button and I'm done. How far can we go towards that limit? Sure, right. And I think, you know, in order to answer this question, I might look back a little bit just to talk a little bit about how far we've come. So CAD has been automating since the very beginning. AutoCAD has. Um, with very basic things like the array command or plot to PDF or uh, some of the uh, capabilities we've introduced since the very beginning. And, uh, and it, 
also the AutoCAD tool sets. So the industry tool sets help to automate um, the uh, workflows that our customers achieve in those industries. So for example, if you're trying to draw a door and we want to be able to uh, automate that workflow for our customers, you can use one of the tool sets. Or if you want to be able to uh, extract a bill of materials from uh, from a, the, the MEP tool set, um, you can do that as well. So we've come a long way in terms of automation, but I could see that evolving into a completely new way of working in the future. So um, may we end up in this place, as you describe, in a outcome-based world where we kind of ask the, the uh, computer to design for us? Possibly, but there will always be a role for um, the designer on the other end to work with the computer uh, to, to design better things. Switching gears a bit, your company's CEO, Andrew Anagnost, has called files dead things working. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you think files are dead? And if not, what will it take to kill them? You know, I think he's trying to help us see the future, right? We, we know that uh, we want to get to this place where it's easier to exchange data across platforms, across people and tools. And, uh, and maybe that means breaking apart the file and doing something a little bit more granular with the data that we see in those files. But you know, there are 15 billion DWGs and probably more than that in cloud storage solutions today. And we know our customers are working in a file-based world today. So we can't just cut bait and move to a, you know, a non-file-based world from, from here and expect uh, you know, mass scale adoption of those tools. We really want to help our customers to be able to provide that path, like we were saying, um, to be able to show them a future that we really are excited about and breaking apart those files to get really at the data that you need to complete your work. And that's something that we're actively investing in. Um, uh, but of course, not, uh, not going to do away with the file whole hog uh, from the get-go. So I guess one of the concerns I have with, with this move away from files and towards what you might call a single source of truth is that it might create this walled garden of, of software vendors like Autodesk who provide their services and, and everything works within it but nothing works from outside of it. So how is this transition going to affect interoperability between different software platforms? Yeah, and I, I would say that um, in general, it's actually about enabling those connections across devices and people even more so than today, right? So we know our customers work in a project-centric world, and we're trying to help meet them where they are in the tool sets that they use um, and hope that, you know, the workflows that we're providing at, at Autodesk are, are the ones that really help them achieve their work. So we, you know, we have our own tools in-house that we, uh, of course, will make better connections to with, with a, a data story like this. But also, um, we really have uh, invested in partnerships. So partnerships like the cloud storage solutions, Dropbox, uh, Microsoft, Google, um, and uh, even others that provide data to our customers as well. So we uh, actively invest in uh, partners as an important part of our ecosystem uh, and really will ho hope to break down some of those walls that I think uh, we're both worried about putting up for our customers. So then, is there anything that we're losing or giving up by moving away from this idea of the classic file? I don't know, Michael. Um, do you have Nintendo games? I have a bunch of Nintendo games that I still have, and there's a special place in 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 my life for them. I've uh, I've got a bunch of Nintendo games somewhere, but I I can't get at them. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, they're, they're, they're uh, well, locked you know, away think... in a cartridge or a disc. Is that what you're getting at? No, I think where I see it going is that there will be a special place in our hearts for some of these things. But I think I see a future where 
um, you know, we have a whole suite of entertainment options to us um, in the gaming world, and we will have a whole suite of options for us in the future that we may look back in a nostalgic way, but I don't think that we will look back and uh, yearn for a, a past. <laughs> right. Onward and upward. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, uh, with that said, I kind of want to look back just a few years to when you joined Autodesk in 2015. And that was uh, kind of when Autodesk really made this full commitment to this, this sort of new way of thinking of software as a service and some of these ideas. You know, yeah. it wasn't uh, necessarily a popular choice amongst all the users, but it seems to me like this was really creating the scaffolding for a lot of the stuff we've been talking about today. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, some of the most uh, active investments and innovations we've been able to achieve, it's because of that move to subscription. So being able to, um, it, you know, invest in the performance, the base performance of our software. And we've seen 10x improvements in both 2D and 3D graphics, right? Um, we've been able to invest in some of the core tool sets. So um, everything from PDF imports to, um, you know, automations that we talk so much about, um, it really helped us to focus on the customer needs that would lead them into the future. So um, absolutely, there've, there's been a mass scale of uh, investment in that time. And I, I think that we can continue to see that into the future. So part of that is the named user model, which allowed us to be able to start investing in personalized insights for our customers. So um, being able to help show that value to our customers has been something that we're able to do now that we are on subscription. All right. Um, I'll look back just a little bit further then to 1982 when AutoCAD was first released. In fact, it spawned the entire company. And that was almost 40 years ago now. Uh, and today, AutoCAD looks a little bit different. Um, but now I want to ask what you think it'll look like in 40 years from now. Oh, wow. Um, I think it's a hard, it, that's hard to say. Um, but if we, if we take some of these investments and we try to see their eventual futures, I see a world where we are, um, you know, even more connected uh, to each other and to the day that we need to get our work done. We are, um, we have automated away all the tasks that we don't want to do so we can focus on the value adding, you know, creative opportunities uh, in design. We are investing in uh, insights and personalized experiences in AutoCAD and that you can feel um, that your experience is your own. Um, and we make those experiences all the more delightful, productive, and, uh, and pleasant to work in. Will it, be, will it be recognizable to the designers of today or, or let's say the designers of 40 years ago? Or is it going to be sort of a fundamental shift in how designers even approach their software? By the time we get there, we'll have taken this path of making sure to show that value of the future while bringing our customers along in our, you know, in partnership and in thought leadership with us. So I think by the time we get there, it will feel like a natural evolution. But the vision we see is probably something that um, is unrecognizable to customers as they sit today. All right. Well, we're looking forward to that future. Danya, thanks again for coming on to Design the Future. It was a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you, Michael. This has been great. Yeah. And thanks to you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Designing the Future.